Well, thanks for coming, guys. Uh, we are at the bottom of the hour, so we'll go ahead and get started. Um, this is Charlie Jane Anders. Anders, right? Yeah, yeah. He is the author of All the Birds in the Sky, which won the Nebula, Locus, and Crawford Awards and was on Time Magazine's list of 10 best novels of 2016. Her Tor.com story, Six Months, Three Days, won a Hugo Award, and she appears in the short story collection called Six Months, Three Days, Five Others. She's also a founding editor of io9.com. And then Kathleen O'Shea. David. Yeah. David, okay. Uh, is the author of the very uh, the short story on a pedestal in the big Finnish anthology Doctor Who uh, Quality of Leadership with her husband Peter David. She adapted the first four issues of the Japanese manga Nagima. Nagima, the oh, Ghostbusters wow. comic entitled uh, "What the Samhain." Well, no, it's it's a pun because it's what the Samhain, but it's supposed oh, to Sam be Hain. sour. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Sam, it's a it's a it's a Halloween Ghostbusters thing. It's called "What the Samhain's Going On." Gotcha. Right. I love it. And headcases, obviously, way more to their bios on on the Heliosphere site. And then Mercy Van Vlack, did I pronounce that right? Uh, started her career in mainstream comics in 1980 when she began writing for the Richie Rich series. Whoa. She also drew a Miranda on Miranda, Miranda the tease and sorry, I was thinking about the uh, and Green Ghost and Lotus and was creative director for Evolution Comics. Her work has appeared in numerous fanzines and exhibitions. I would encourage you uh, all to go check out their bios. Uh, online for, for way, way more cool things that they've been up to. I am Lancelot Chaubert. Um, you are here for Have We Hit Peak Superhero Cinema. If that's not what you're in for, uh, I'm glad you're here anyway. So, uh, so I'm going to start this off with, a, with an interesting quote um, because I'm sure everyone will have, we have, we haven't, that sort of uh, position where we started. Uh, Matt Walsh wrote a piece arguing that we uh, have reached peak and that we need to be done with it. And um, I thought it interesting because the debate was started uh, with him and uh, Dr. Cirilla, who uh, reads a lot of this stuff and, and is a Boethian scholar. He's actually in the anthology of Gods and Globes. I uh, wrote a story in there. Um, he, <laughs> it, was, it was this long rant by Matt Walsh. And uh, about why we shouldn't have superheroes anymore. And Dr. Cirilla says, monologuing? Check. Angry at superheroes? Check. Condescending about how much better he is than everyone? Check. Based on all the superhero movies I've seen, which are helpfully identical, this is a supervillain, right? I bet when he's about to kill Jason uh, Momoa, he'll say, you're all washed up, mermaid man, and then laugh maniacally. Your superheroes thought your box office winnings could walk all over me. Think again, I'm no doormat. I ain't going to take it anymore. And just then Gal, uh, I pronounced the name wrong. I think it's Gata or Gadot. Uh, Gal Gadot. Gadot. Thank you. I'm not familiar with that at all. Um, will burst into the door and say, I hear you like this blog. Post this. And then she'll knock him over with a wooden post. As he lies there groaning, she'll take off his mask, revealing Bill, Ma uh, Bill Maher, who will rasp out, and I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you stupid kids and your comic books. <laughs> and then someone got sued for copyright infringement, and we never really learned what happened to the real Matt Walsh. And then he went on, <clears throat> he went on to say, uh, in the, that, that's more in the negative sense, but in the positive sense, uh, I think Coolridge's willing suspension of disbelief and Tolkien's subcreation are in order too rationalistic and too coherent 
for the premise of the comic book and the comic book movie aesthetic. An, an enthusiasm for hyperbolic being, the supreme exaggeration of existence, is what undergirds the superhero mythos. Superman, the hyper-real punch, pow! The overmighty nerd, the extreme animality, the too real mind, the joy of life writ in larger than life. It shares in the fairy tale and in the romance of which Tolkien and Coolidge wrote, but isolates exaggeration itself as the mode in which the fact of being is celebrated. Isn't it all a bit much? A little hard to swallow? Aren't the jaws too square and the bad guys a little too bad? The critic asks, isn't it all a little too enthusiastic? But that is the point itself. An enthusiasm to the point of obscuring the fine line between the childish and the childlike at the risk of being a little silly. For the grand reward of a recognition that to be is amazing. And all the more so when being is a little bit silly. Existing itself is, the superhero mythos reminds us, rather a bit over the top. Um, so I kind of agree with him, uh, but I'm interested to see what our panelists think, if you think we've hit peak superhero cinema, and uh, we'll get right into it. I think comic books are an art form that still faces a lot of prejudice. There's, oh, it's a comic book movie. And people who talk about some of the movies say, oh, I love Batman. They've never read the comics. But lately, more and more people are seeing that these are interesting stories, and they want to see more. And they, so they start reading. There are actually more people coming into comic book shops. So that's actually something that's cool because if they find the comics, they're finding a whole bunch of great literature, amazing artwork, and it's not just for kids. And even the stuff for kids is, can be amazing, you know. And so I don't think there's any, I don't see no problem with more comic book type movies. I just hope we don't go the way of Batman, which was really embarrassing. And there was a Superman movie where my friend and I went to see it, and the whole time we were like, oh my God, people are going to think we read comic books. <laughs> Superman 4, I believe, which was cut to pieces and ruined. So, you know, there's good ones and bad ones, but I see no problem. Back in the 60s, there were all these television shows. We were just watching a Spider-Man television show, live action, and it was terrible. They just put him on a, a harness, and he went up the building, you know what I'm saying? And he went down face down, which was cool, because he looked very spiky. But he had no trouble with Jonah. Jonah liked him. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> And that's where I run into trouble with the movies, is because that's not in canonical. And of course, they're always rewriting the comic books. New people come up, they write their own versions of it. But where's our movie of the endless? You know, Peter David's character. Or not Peter David, but Neil. 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 <laughs> more Neil I'm Peter's sure they get, they get mixed up all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, where's the Hulk? We need a Hulk movie. We've had a couple, but you know, there's always more stuff. There should be more women. Like, finally, we got Ms. Marvel, you know, Carol. She's up there. And that's good. You know, but Miss Marvel is different than Captain Marvel because yeah. Miss Marvel is um, Kamala Khan. Yeah, Kamala Khan. Oh, Kamala Khan. Yeah. We need a Kamala Khan movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we need a Legion of Superheroes movie. Well, for Kamala Khan, we have uh, Marvel Rising. It's her, Squirrel Girl, and, oh. and um, uh, Spider Gwen. Is that a movie? Mm-hmm. It was. It was. Uh, it was on um, Disney XD. It was. Oh, okay. It was a ninety-minute animated uh, thing, and they're doing. They're doing basically a series based on that. Oh, nice. That's um, awesome. Cool. Just, uh, just so that you know, I'm not an entire ringer here. The other, the other thing is, my last name is David. I'm married to Peter David, the author, uh, writer of comics and all the rest. Uh, but my bona fides are that I worked at, a, at several comic book shops. I managed comic book shops. I started reading comics when I was in my well, I read the Richie Rich and the Archies, but I didn't start reading the X-Men until I was in my early teens. Um, and my favorite character is Doctor Strange. So 
I don't think the cinema is, is oversaturated because the thing that I've noticed recently is that, you know, rather than having a bunch of white, strong-jawed guys, we're now branching out to where other people can see themselves on the screen, like Black Panther, yeah. you know? Um, with, the, with, the, um, with the Marvel Rising, um, Muslims can see themselves as superheroes. Um, you know, the um, Into the Spider-Verse, Miles Morales, and, and all the, the different things there. Um, the fact, the, the reason why I don't think we've reached saturation is because everybody hasn't had their movie. Um, okay, uh, so I think that it's important to separate out two completely separate questions. Uh, one is, you know, do we subjectively feel like there are too many superhero movies, you know, for our personal taste, which, first of all, who cares? Um, you know, <laughs> like people are going to still go see them whether or not I personally think that it's good that there's so many. I actually do think that it's good that there's so many. Mm. And then there's the separate question of whether superhero cinema has peaked and we're going to see it declining, and clearly not. Clearly, definitely not. I mean, they're doing better than ever. Mm -hmm. uh, superhero movies have actually been increasing in popularity in the last year or two. There's no sign whatsoever that, that, they're, that they're peaking. I think that superhero movies are thriving, and yay. Yeah, yay. Yeah. <laughs> And the fact, and the fact that now that we do have, um, like, Captain Marvel went past a billion, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you can't use the well, women don't sell right, 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 right. movies. Yeah, movie. yeah. Or similar um, thing with Black Panther. I think, yeah. that, I think that that surprised them entirely, is indicated by some of the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think the fun thing about those those movies doing so well is the it just totally cuts the legs out from under all the, the, the bigotry argument that oh yeah well clearly if that movie was so terrible as you you guys are saying well then it sold only because of that so the idea that yeah. that movie can't sell well clearly it did and if it had been a good movie that you think it wasn't exactly then, well how many billions would have made that right mm -hmm. yeah yeah sure yeah we can throw it out for a couple yeah um on the on the such and such superheroes don't sell um, when it comes to Black Panther, the whole uh, black superheroes don't make money because. But I thought at the time that Blade did pretty well. That's that actually what I was getting ready to play. Yeah, Blade, yeah. Did, yeah. Blade, Blade did. Blade, Blade did well. Yeah. Um, the um, Static Shock TV, TV series did very, very well. For yeah, itself. that was great. It got killed because they didn't do the ancillary toys on them, which is where you lose uh, most of the little animated first. series. It's like if, if Young Justice died the first time because the toys didn't sell. Of course, they didn't get them yeah. into the stores. <laughs> You know, but it's come back on um, on uh, the the DC channel, and um, Greg was finally able to tell the next part of the story that they had always planned to tell. Yeah. Well, and it, no, it's okay. Go ahead. I, like I just had like one other comment is that I think the reason why the why the uptake has gone kind of go from here to like here is more because. Whatever the movie house is, I think it's finally being understood that they can't just slap the image of superhero on it and expect it to make yeah. money. They actually have to try mm -hmm. and actually make a real story and actually, you know, 
look as if they paid attention to the original content in some way, shape, or form. No, that's right. exactly right. There's a there's a great Vanity Fair piece on. Yeah, no, it, you're you're exactly right. There's a there's a great Vanity Fair piece about how the shift in the mindset to stop licensing Marvel films out and actually create what became Marvel Studios, and they leveraged actually. Uh, for a bank loan, they leveraged all of the rights to all of their characters to get a bank loan to make Iron Man, and then and then basically, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was coming off his like, you know, he's trying to recover. So they were all like, everyone had like all of their skin in the game to make that film work. Considering how much they had to pay in insurance on it. Yeah, and oh. you know that even that sort of stuff. And so like they were all banking on that working because if they did they got to trust the comics Mm -hmm. and that's what they wanted to do all along because they thought the original stories were where you're going to find the real gold as we've seen play out the the other the other thing is you have to remember that marvel sold off a lot of the characters in the 80s when they went when when they went through the the bankruptcy action um and and all the rest and so they had what was considered at the time the c the b Mm -hmm. and c list iron man thor um Captain America, Hulk, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is never. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tom. <Con. laughs> I just. Anyway, so, so what? So what? Thank God for Kevin Feige because he's yep. the one who figured it out. He figured out, you know, because when he because they weren't just talking Iron Man. They yeah, were yeah. talking this whole idea of working towards the Avengers. The long con. The long yeah, the long con. And 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 you know, ten years down the road, well, their movies are breaking the internet because you can't get tickets because the ticket systems are down because too many people are trying to get tickets to see <laughs> Avengers Endgame, which is sort of the last piece in a ten year puzzle. Um so they took characters that nobody really other than, than comic fans really cared about or knew. It's like Iron Man? Oh yeah, I remember seeing that cartoon back in the 60s in which they had the, the Kirby cutout art and it'd be like really, really choppy um, and created something that people wanted to see. And a lot of that, ha- that, a lot of that does come, I mean it comes down to the script and the director and all the rest, but Robert Downey Jr. owes a owes a big debt of thanks to Marvel for reviving his career first, but Marvel owes him a big debt of thanks for creating a Tony Stark that people went, oh, that's Tony Stark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. What a brat. <laughs> you have anything to say to that? Yeah, I guess what I was going to say is, uh, on the subject of why superhero movies are doing so well, um, the economics of cinemas have changed a lot in the last like five years or so, uh, as things like Netflix and Hulu and, you know, other entertainment options have gotten more prevalent. Like, there's five billion cable channels plus a million things that you can binge on Netflix. And so people increasingly don't go to movie theaters to see most movies. Like, they're like, I'll catch it on Netflix. I'll catch it later. I'll watch it on demand. I've got this huge, giant, widescreen TV at home and this amazing sound system. You get them for the library. What? We get them from the, from library. the library in New York yeah. City. You can get them from the library. Yeah, but I mean, you can get it from the library. You can also just watch it online, like, you know. Yeah. Or in boxes um, on the street. <laughs> yeah. And so most movies, you know, unless it's a, a piece of IP that people are really excited about, yeah. people, most, most movies are not doing that well anymore. Like, most movies that are not kind of like a known quantity. Um, are are tending to not they're tending to underperform like Battle Angel Alita just kind of 
underperformed a lot. And um, do, you, do you want to know? Do you want to know? I actually kind of know why. Okay. Um, because there, is, Battle Angel Alita was. Some of the assumption was is that the anime fans would come see it. Right. Um, I did not sell as well over in Asia as they thought it was going to sell. It did pretty well in China. Um, it did well in China, but it didn't. It didn't do well in Korea, oh, right. uh, which is one of the places they they were banking on. Right. The difference between Marvel and every other comic book movie out there is Marvel builds to events. Mm-hmm. You have the the one image that says that there's going to be a teaser trailer. And then you have like 30 seconds of the fact that there's going to be a teaser trailer two days down the road. And then you have the teaser trailer, which then goes to, and they, and they, and as you get closer to the film itself, they start releasing more and more material so that by the time you walk into the theater, you, you have, you, you, you have to see this, you know, you have, you have all these pieces of information and you want to see how they go together. DC tried this with the Justice League and fell flat on their face. Um, you know, and Battle Angel Alita, I don't think, did enough in terms of the... Because Marvel also has social media down to a fine art. Yeah, I mean, DC's doing great now, though. Aquaman has done as well as almost any Marvel movie. Yeah, I mean, but it's Jason. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I actually disagree with that. I think DC has, has figured out their problem at this point. What you're describing is just basic... Like, I used to recover this stuff on io9. What you're describing is kind of basic movie marketing. Yeah. It's just everybody does that. And I, I got bored with this, like, oh, there's going to be a teaser of an image of a teaser of a teaser trailer. Like, that, that kind of, like, internet hype cycle actually can backfire horribly after a while because people get oversaturated. I don't know. I mean, but I feel like my point was that movie theaters are kind of struggling to get people to show up for anything that's not, like one of the major brands at this point. Like, Disney can't launch a movie that's not... Like, Disney hasn't had a hit that wasn't Star Wars, Marvel, uh, Pixar, or a live-action retelling of one of their fairy tale films from back in the day. They have... None of their other attempts to do anything else have been successful in the last, like, ten years. And that's Disney, and Disney is really, really good at marketing films. And they cannot get people to go see... I don't know, there's been, like, ten... Disney flops recently that were kind of outside of that and box. And we're, we're heading for about three more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dumbo just tanked, and that was a live-action retelling of one of their movies. Sorry. Well, it didn't... It, it... It's a bad pun. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I thought it was funny. Like... Oh, yeah. yeah, Dumbo tanked. Dumbo Sorry. Tanked. Sorry about Dumbo. Dumbo, Dumbo nosedived. Those ears... Those ears just weren't big feather. enough, you know? Yeah. One, sec- uh, one second. D- uh, you had a comment earlier. And well, I didn't get you. Basically, on the point of Captain Marvel proving that a female-led superhero story can make a billion bucks without sure. romance. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah. Wonder Woman is sort of because the romance thing there was relatively underplayed. I don't even know if you, how much you could actually call romance, as this is another world I'm just now starting to get to see. And he's the one who's involved. Literally, the reason she goes up to see it. So I don't know how far you can stretch that as being a romantic element per se. But hers was the first scene of the of the current DC run where it really knocked it out of the park. Because the, the before that, Batman versus Superman and, and Man of Steel 
I was going to bring up Shazam. Oh, you you mean the new one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, never mind. It was great. It was great. It was was great. And you know know, one thing I loved about it? I could see it. (laughs) (laughs) My biggest problem with Batman versus Superman is it was so freaking dark, I couldn't tell what was going on. Oh, you mean like actual tangible light? Yes. Yes. I'm not talking tone. I'm talking... Did you hire anybody for the lighting? Did you just do it with available lighting? Because I couldn't see anything. And and Aquaman kind of started that trend because Aquaman had all the blues and greens and all the rest. There were some dark dark points in terms of the lighting. But Shazam was just, we're colorful, we're here, it's a 14-year-old in an adult's body. You know, you've seen it before, but... Yeah. Zachary Levi, go for it. Yeah, it was so fun. Uh, it was super let's, fun. Let's do him and then we'll do you and then Brandon. I was going to say, in terms of opening new doors and two, Marvel's announced in Phase 4 they're also going to do Master of Kung Fu. Yep. They want to do the same thing as they did with really? Asian culture. Really? I didn't know that. Asian culture. And Asian audiences, you know, to that story and that had stuff on television, Incredible Hulk and some other things, and DC had Superman in mm-hmm. the movie theaters. Yeah. And now it's flopped entirely the other way. Right. Um, I will say that I have been enjoying the ever-loving out of all the Marvel Lego mini-movies. Yes. Those, yes. those are just absolutely hilarious. And I, I love how everything, when they hit something, all of a sudden you've got Lego bricks everywhere. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they hold to it. They hold, like, they hold to it. It is yeah. a great Batman movie. Yeah, but that's done by an entirely different group of people. But you're right that the that the Marvel, um, and and Marvel figured out streaming before DC did. Although DC now has its independent channel, which has Doom Patrol, which is freaking awesome. Really? Um, yeah, it's 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 Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. Wow. I'm waiting for the Scissor Men to show up because we've already had Mr. Nobody. And it's Alan Tudyk, and it's amazing. Yeah. I love the Arrowverse. I love Black Lightning. Love Legends. Yeah, Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow is so awesome! Oh my god, I love Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, no, on the time travel panel, it was basically all Legends of Tomorrow all the time. Yeah. And in a sense, you can also make the argument that Superman was the guest star on Supergirl. Yeah, he better Superman. Yeah, he was You could also see him. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, no, Supergirl is an amazing show. I love that show. Mm. Yeah, and they even did a story that they had done in Justice League animated, but had first been done as a Superman annual. Mm. What do you get, the man who has everything? Right, 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 right. Yeah, Yeah. they did that. Yeah, they did that with Supergirl. Yeah. 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 
So, on the subject of the DC movies and why they have had so much trouble, I mean, first of all, they tried to launch their universe with Green Lantern. Like, that was supposed oh. to be the start of their... Of their Justice their, League. Of their Justice League, yeah. that Green Lantern movie that, unfortunately, was like a horrible misfire. Oh. And then, actually, I'm going to just... I'm going to just say it. Okay. I thought Man of Steel was a pretty good movie. I thought it was a well-done film. It was actually quite successful. It did, it did well at the box office, but it got a lot of hate on the internet, and it didn't make all the money. It just made a lot of the money. And so DC kind of panicked and decided instead of just doing a sequel to Man of Steel and getting to see Superman just being Superman for a movie, which only the last five good. minutes of Man of Steel yeah. give us Superman being Superman... Like, they could have done a whole movie of just, here's Superman being awesome. Uh, they, 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 instead of doing a sequel to Man of Steel, they just rushed into doing yeah. Batman versus Superman because they were having a panic attack, and you could, you could smell their fear. Yeah. <laughs> well, mean, this, is, this is after the, the, the there is no humor in the DC universe went viral. Right. They were talking about the difference between Marvel and DC right. movies. You know, which of course led to to a million memes. Right. Um, you know, where there's like something got leaked, and Warner Brothers did this entire thing about, well, we're really sorry because we meant to have this in for a small group, blah 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 blah. Mm. And then there's Marvel. Damn it, Loki! He's <laughs> <laughs> my brother. He was adopted. That was <laughs> <laughs> and then when, when Hulk went, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> now you see how it feels. That's so great. The, Beauty God. There's a great like three-panel comic just about that. It's like how Marvel plans superhero films and it's all these like stick figures like meticulously putting all these papers on the wall. Have you seen this? And then like how, how DC plans superhero films. You know, characters like all of the characters into the blender now, all of them right now. Great, now turn on the lights. They're like they just turn them off, and it's just character guts and all. Of them, but, you know, it's kind of like that. Um, yes, true. Uh, yes, very true. That is a great line. I love that. That's good. That's a great line. It's almost like it's almost like a Chesterton paradox. Is pretty good. Brandon, you had a comment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather than like five minutes of Batman versus Superman in Batman versus freaking Superman. Yeah. If that's what you're gonna fill it, don't give us half an hour of origin story. Uh, the story. Give us Batman versus Superman. Yeah. No, that's true. Well, that's the thing also with Man of Steel. I mean, you start off doing a whole long origin story with the Kents and the young Clark. This is Superman. He's one of the ten most recognized yeah. fictional characters on the earth. Mm-hmm. Do we really need to tell the origin story again? Mm-hmm. Can we do that? Rocket lands, Kent's, compliments. But you, you have school, to. Yeah, you, you have cool. to. Yeah. Done, you mean kind of like Richard Donner Yeah. Even more changes. Yeah. But you have to understand that, that the way they were looking at it is um, is uh the fact that it's been so many years since the Richard Donner film, so they wanted to reintroduce the character, and that's how they did it. They should, they should have done it like uh, in uh, Into the Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Into the Spider Verse was an amazing film. I loved it so much. Their storylines. They take it as a given you understand the basic level. Yeah. Right. And that we don't have to spoon feed you everything from 
you know, page one onwards. We'll get into the story. Here are the characters. Let's run with this. Well, it's a little more of that attitude in the movies. I think they would have done better. It's basic Hollywood thing. The Marvel movies all have the origin story. Therefore, as we are the second person to do something, we must do it exactly the way the Marvel movies do. And we'll make money like Marvel does. Because yeah. all of the little suits um, who have to answer to the big cheese, if they don't put the origin story, and God forbid it's a flop, then why didn't you do the origin story right. exactly like Marvel did? I mean, we're talking about situations where I remember when um, was it Kevin Smith was doing the Superman scripts, and they're saying, why is he putting on his armor? Superman doesn't wear armor. Why? But Batman puts on his armor. You can't see where he puts on his armor. Yeah, Batman. sure. Superman doesn't have armor. But that's how the Batman. I am so surprised that Kevin has any hair left after that. Uh, he must have been tearing it out in clumps. Well, let's 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 expand that out a little bit um, because yeah, some of that is you know just kind of like formulaic, like well, there's an Iron Man backstory, but it's 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 interesting because uh, we hit we hit on this a little bit with Shazam and we hit on it a little bit with Blade, um, but when you start thinking about how many movies and TV shows are predicated on comic books, you start thinking about The Walking Dead, you start thinking about Men in Black. I'm curious. No country for old men. Yeah, I, well, I'm cur- I'm curious that you know if we expand that out, how. Uh, how long has it actually been going on just in terms of a graphic novel? And do you guys think that there's uh, a reciprocal graphic novel hate that there is for superhero hate right now? Well, the, the, graphic, the graphic novel, the reason why the graphic novel was so popular is because they didn't have to storyboard. They were able to sell their project without having to pay somebody else to do the art because you could literally hand them the graphic novel and they could read it. You know, you can hand to the suits... No Country for Old Men, they read it, they get it. Um, you know, so that makes it that makes it easier. There, uh, Scott, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which I think is a brilliant film. Didn't do too well, but um, it changed how a lot of people viewed how you could do the superhero movie. There would not be Spider-Man into the universe, the, uh, into the Spider-Verse, the way it looked without Scott Pilgrim because it set up the trope of making it look like a comic book within the film. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, I don't have anything to say about that. No, oh, okay. Your turn. Can you see? I have, I have, I have many them. tales about that that I cannot tell. Oh. You can now get graphic novels in the library. And I, I'm always going in there and seeing people, young people sitting around reading them. You know, it's in the library. They sit around in um, in um, uh, a big bookstore, Barnes and Noble, and read. They sit on the floor and read graphic novels because they're expensive, and nobody, you know, I don't want to spend fifty dollars to read them. But they'll sit down and read them. Mm-hmm. And I think they're they're really getting into comics that way. You know, these are available, and I think people mm-hmm. have a lot more respect for graphic novels. Some people still don't because it's cartoons and it's for kids, and it's like, oh, don't read Watchmen. <laughs> it's not for kids. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> Well, across the universe had elements of comic book in it. All those guys mm-hmm. in the recruiting office, with yeah. those Jaws. I thought Miller yeah. drew this. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, if, like you, City. if you if you think about it, in terms of what you said about uh, Watchmen, there's a TV show called Young Sheldon, and there was yeah. one episode in which his mom found his copy of Watchmen, which he thought was just like a comic book. You know, it was an interesting comic book and all the rest, and all she saw was blue penis. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> That's funny. Do you, do, you, do you think there's? 
Do you think there's any um, subjects or comic books that haven't been even close to touched on that should be adapted in the superhero genre? Yeah, what do you think? Um, I really wouldn't mind seeing an ElfQuest movie done properly. Oh, oh my god, that'd be awesome. If it was done properly, that's always the code of silence. Well, but, yeah, and Richard and Wendy are really holding that one tight because they want it done. They want it done properly. It's come close a couple times. It's oh, never really? quite wow. made it. You never quite made it over the launch. Um, Bone, I think, would be interesting. That would yeah. be interesting, yeah. Uh, Love and Rockets? Love and Rockets. Love and Rockets would be really, really good. Strangers in Paradise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you, if you condensed, basically, the first, like, 15 issues, um, you'd, have, you'd have a really interesting group of people, um, you know, and a, and a and catching story is just so bizarre you know it would be it would be interesting to see that yeah I mean I'm just going to repeat I would love to see a Kamala Khan movie mm. I think that would be amazing um, actually Squirrel Girl I would love to see a Squirrel Girl movie that would be super awesome <laughs> what was the the one with the T-Rex and the rockets oh Moon Girl and Moon Dino- Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Dinosaur yeah that's awesome that would be a great movie too for sure no, nope. never will. I don't. Yeah. I mean, they may I eventually. Well, I, I don't think they'll peak. I think they'll change. Uh-huh. How do you think they'll, they'll change? They'll evolve. They'll evolve with the audience. Mm. You know, we're already starting to see bits and pieces of it, and I just think that's going to continue. Is that we're going to continue to see the evolution of superhero cinema? Uh, you know, along with the way that comic books have evolved and a lot of other things have, have changed over the years. Mm. So that it's not... the biggest evolution would be like we're seeing a lot of the television series instead of box office. It's going dark. I think we're I think we're almost at the end of dark and edgy. I think we're going to... I think things are going to brighten up. Movies that aren't about a white guy <laughs> or have a white guy named Chris in them. And that's what, right. Yeah. I actually, I, I think that superhero movies may eventually peak. I think that eventually we'll reach the limits. Like, you know, um, we're already at the point where people are maybe not as excited about another Batman movie as they would have been. Yeah. Like ten years ago. Like now, I think DC is actually holding off on putting out another Batman movie because there's like people are people have seen how many actors have played Batman at this point. Like, <laughs> Six, I don't know, seven in live action. Uh, there's been a lot of live action Batman movies, and yeah. you may reach a point eventually where people are like, I've seen ten movies about Captain America. I've seen ten movies about Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, when they rebooted Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield, that was actually an uphill struggle, and I think yeah. the only way they could get people interested in Spider-Man again was to basically make put him into the MCU and have Tony Stark be in his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, adding then, a new adding a new element. Yeah, adding yeah. a new element. I think it's entirely possible that 10 years from now people will be like, okay, there have been 10 Captain America movies, there's been 10 Thor movies, there's been 100 of these, you know, there's been seven Avengers movies, and people will, you know, it's nothing lasts forever. What? <laughs> we definitely have not peaked yet. I mean, when the Infinity War and the Superman 
versus Batman and the Dark Knight and all that stuff came out, that was the peak of popularity. Yeah, I don't think I agree with that. I think. I believe. Because, I mean, I have the comic book stores. Yeah, comics were huge in the 90s. Well, yeah, I, but. Sure, but it, that's shifted, though. It's shifted to. No, even the sales of literal comic books have shifted to different platforms for selling them and different ways of making them. If you think of. Losing the news, losing the newsstand killed two things: paperback books and comic books. The fact that 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 those that that the, the spinner racks, you know, that used to have Seven Eleven, the Seven Eleven racks, and the and the the um, the stocking of uh, paperbacks, regional. The other thing was the consolidation of publishing, but that's like. Catch me and catch me and I'll tell you that story. It's a horror show. Um, well, it has nothing to do with comics, but well, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see. The, I'm curious to see the data on that because, for instance, publishing is a 130 billion dollar industry. Film is about a 40 billion dollar industry, and we forget that because of how flashy film is, and we read in isolation. So I'm curious to see what that translates to in terms of comic books and and how just things have shifted. It's possible that it's just migrated elsewhere. I don't know. I, I'm just. If, I, I trust your experience. I Anecdotally, I would love to see the data on it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 That may be. I think. I think kind of what you were getting at. I think that's true, and I think. I, sure. Oh, you had you had Umbrella Academy and you had Deadly Class. Uh, oh yeah, on sci-fi. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, you know, which I my kid read those before I did. I think if I had read them before her, I might not. And I'm curious too, because kind of to. Charlie Jane's point about Spider-Man, I think one of the reasons, one of the other reasons that worked, not just was including Tony Stark, but it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off right. is what it is. And so the elemental genre of it changed. And, and when you change the sort of film that you're telling, I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a full-blown Avengers heist coming down the pipeline. You know, those sorts of shifts of like, the, the, yeah, the kinds of stories you're telling are not straight superhero anymore. And as a... Sure, Ant-Man. Yeah, or Thor Ragnarok. Or Logan. Logan. Logan very much. Yeah, great example. Yeah. I mean, good night. Deadpool. Yeah. Sure. And the subscription. And yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I see this happening in the film, as well, but it's following the stage. Paradigm. Okay. I'm wondering if that's what you're about the opposite. You want a complete story about pieces of stories. You have to wait until the movie comes out before you see previous ones with the Avengers. It's a
Yeah, but they, but they were, but 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 Marvel sort of perfected that because people know to stay all the way through the credits because there's going to be something in there that's going to tie into whatever movie's next. Right. Um, and then the post credit credit, you know, yeah, like, post credit credit. Yeah. Um, which I have to say, Captain, yeah, Captain Captain Marvels was was just. Oh man, oh I laughed God. so hard. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. Really uh, everybody knows that Avengers is clocking in at three hours and two minutes, not including the credits. Wow. Oh, really? Not including wow. Not including the credits. Oh, yeah, it's like it's like Lawrence of Arabia had an intermission. You know. I'm afraid that people will sneak in for the second half or Yeah, they're gonna like give you your popcorn bag and a catheter, like just to make sure you <laughs> Make it through, man. Yeah, no, no big soda for this one. That's right. Well, <laughs> Captain America catheter. Well, Aquaman is what it is. So, uh, we got about four minutes left. Uh, I want to kick it to you three and see if you have any other kind of closing comments. Um, yeah, I mean, just amplifying what. Oh no! Wait, am I wrong? Six forty-five or six fifteen? Six forty five. Okay. No, yeah. we got thirty minutes. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Let's roll. Yeah. <laughs> Deadpool. Yeah, I got? mean Deadpool. Okay. I'm yes. just gonna I have a point that I was gonna make, which is that really superhero movies aren't really I mean, we all know this superhero movies aren't really a genre anyway. Yeah, it's, that's good. Superheroes are not a genre. They encompass every possible genre that you can possibly imagine. Mad scientist stories, westerns, you mm-hmm. know, space opera. Deadpool you know, whatever you, any genre mystic, you can think of uh, can be a superhero movie, uh, pretty much. Like, you mm. can have a superhero comedy of manners if you wanted. Oh, yeah. And, you know, really when you talk about superhero movies, like, have we hit peak superhero cinema? What you're really talking about is action movies. Superhero movies are just action movies now. It's mm-hmm. just that where in the past we might have had Dirty Harry or we might have had, James I don't know, James Bond. Yeah. I mean, James Bond is still around, but he's not, I don't think he's as, I don't think he's as quite as, as influential as he used to be. Like, there aren't as many James Bond imitators as there once were. Uh, or Jason Bourne or whatever. Sure. Um, or slasher or, films. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, you used to have westerns or whatever. Um, now you have superhero movies plus like Fast and the Furious and a few other things that are, are the action movies of today. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people have always loved action movies. I think people will continue to love action movies and maybe the source material will be less comic booky at some point in the future and it'll instead will be taken from books again or taken from, I don't know, video games. Maybe we'll finally figure out. I think if we finally ever figure out how to make video game movies that don't blow chunks, <laughs> then superhero the movies problem, will be in trouble. But the problem with the, with the with, especially with the, with the gaming movies is the fact that you already have the movie, that's the game. Right. Well, yeah. That is part of the problem, but also Hollywood just doesn't understand video games. Yeah. yeah. Hollywood approaches video games and they, they think about video games the way they thought about comic books back in the 80s and early 90s. Yes. Somebody is going to What's going to happen is one person is going to break it as the code. Cheesy as possible. Then, yeah. So somebody's going to break the code, and then I'm really interested to see what happens after Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Yeah. That's that going to be amazing. the biggest video game movie of all time. It's sure. it's going to be great. It's it's like who framed Roger Rabbit yes. for this generation? It looks so it's good. It's going to be amazing. And that may be the one that cracks the code. Yeah. yeah. But can you imagine if they actually made a Halo movie or oh yeah oh my gosh movie or a, I don't even you well know. we we already had we already had Kubert in a movie we had Wreck It Ralph right which, <laughs> which you know which was which was about video games yeah sure and it was Toy Story for video games 
yeah, it was really Toy was. Story for video games. So yeah, that's really good. Mm-hmm. I, and it might take it might take Blizzard or you know Blizzard's I, trying. Yeah, right? yeah, to, well, that's true. But they, you know, it might it might take that kind of quantum risk, quantum leap risk that. Um, yeah, quantum risk is a different thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there yeah, was Silent, there was a Silent Hill. Hill film. There was there have been a few like video game franchises. Uh, Prince, Prince of Persia Resident flopped. Doom flopped. Uh, yeah, Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. Uh, Resident, Evil. Resident Evil is the most successful video game franchise of all time. Yeah, Laura in terms Croft of movies. did pretty well for itself. Yeah, only the now first we have one. Laura Croft coming out the door of the Explorer movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't know that. The problem I, I seem to be finding with video game movies is a lot like prequels. Mm. The best story is the one you already saw. If the prequel had a better story to it, you'd start with that. Yeah. You know, you start where the best story is. Yeah, that was actually some of my problem with Pacific Rim was. Um, the best story happened in the first three minutes. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that three minutes as a film. Um, you know, they gave you like all of this backstory that was way more interesting than the front story um, right up front. So yeah, I think, I think it's true. What do you got, Brandon? I think one of the problems with video game movies is the best video game movie we've had recently was a remake of a movie based on a fake board game, Jumanji. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just a magnificent video game movie, but it's not... A- but it wasn't a remake. We remade that movie out of Robert Williams' nostalgia. That's the reason. Like, yeah. but you've had your hand up. Yeah, uh, sure. I had a couple of different comments. Comments. Um, do you think reimagining could ever be redeemed? Because, like, I feel like. Mm. All right, I'll, I'll give you. I'll, I'll give like, it. So far into the who who here like, saw Howard the Duck? That's Come on, admit it. I've seen bits of it. Okay. I haven't seen the whole thing. Somebody will say Howard the, the Duck. But in Guardians of the yeah, but in Guardians of the Galaxy, when Howard showed up at the end, mm-hmm. that was great. That was just freaking amazing because for the first time you could see how they could do a Howard the Duck movie. And I think it's going to be the same thing with Green Lantern. Is yeah. that eventually going to? If they're smart, they'll go back to the Denny O'Neill. Um, Stories mm. and pull something from there. Actually, make it a socially co- rather than a funny movie, which really wasn't. Actually, make it a, a, a socially conscious movie, which is what Denny, Denny, which Denny and um, who was the artist? Neil Adams. Neil, Neil Adams. Yeah, the stuff that, that Denny and Neil did, um, which was which was for the time very very radical, including the thing. Well, let's see, you fought for the green people and the blue people. What about the black people? I, I actually feel like those Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams stories have aged horribly. I, if you go back and reread them now, they're very heavy-handed and very kind of, I don't know. Relevance was a big thing. It, they, they, they feel very off their time. Um, but I do think that Green Lantern, what's great about those stories is that they mostly bring Green Lantern down to earth yeah. and have him interacting with real people, where mm. I think that what was great about Green Lantern pretty much throughout like a lot of his heyday was that he had an Earth-based supporting cast and Earth-based life, and he was either working for Ferris Air or he was being a traveling salesman driving around in a truck or whatever. He was a truck driver for a while. And he had like a grounded life that in addition to having this sort of cosmic power, and it just I think that that made him much more 
relatable and much more interesting than if he's just zooming into space and interacting with a million aliens who just look kind of CG and fake. Mm. No, it's a cartoon that was done with the, the Green Lantern universe, which was kind of neat because of all the variety of it. Huh. And Nathan Fillion did the voice for Green Lantern. Yeah, really? that, yeah was that was awesome. Good. That I saw was, that. that was really What's that called? Yeah. Um, Green Lantern. Just yeah. Green Lantern okay. Corps. I think, I think it was called Green Lantern yeah. Corps. And that was fun. That was super fun. Yeah, I'm sorry to be mean about the Denny O'Neill. No, it's fine. Thing. No, I, but, but what I'm what I'm saying is is that, the, is that the redeemable point is if you make it, if you do what what they what you said is ground him on the planet. Right. You know, it's like great cosmic power, itty bitty living space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that that's absolutely right. And you know, if I had been making that the Green Lantern movie that they did do with Ryan Adam, Ryan Ryan Adams, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds yeah. not Ryan Adams. Um, I would have had him go into space in the last two minutes of the film. Huh. Like, he wouldn't have left Earth until the final two minutes. He would have gotten this ring. He would have learned how to use it on his own. He would have faced some kind of threat on mm. Earth. And then maybe the final two minutes, he goes up into space. Well, the other thing, they, they, they did a classic mistake that some of the earlier Batman movies have done. They sure. up on the bad guys. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's true. Yeah. And you had Hector yeah. Yeah. Parallax. Parallax. Yeah. yeah well, they they did the they yeah they did the same. I mean, that's sort of what what killed Spider Man too. Is you've got the yeah. Rhino and you've got this and you've got that and it's like right. All of the villains. All, all of the villains. villains all the villains all the time. You know, and yeah, and, and yeah. I honestly don't. You know, I'm trying to think in the comic books that I can't really think of a time that you know there weren't maybe more than two villains working unless you had like. The Sinister Six or something like that. Or for the, the most, for, versus a collection of yeah. Right, exactly. But then it's a collection versus a collection because exactly. usually, not all the time, but usually it's one on one. You know, it's 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 Spider Man versus the Sandman. If you look at what Stan originally did, um, with very few exceptions, it was it was one on one. So, yeah, go for it. Yeah, no, that was an excellent one. So go for it. No, you're great. I think Peggy Carter was not as much in front of her time as one would think because they did get more than one season. Mm-hmm. And it was originally a fill-in yeah. for, for in between um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Honestly, I'm surprised Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was getting another season. I kind of went, what? Yeah. yeah. It's getting two more. It's getting two more seasons, I think. Wow. Dude. No, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is done. They killed all Carson. He's yeah. done. No, no, they're bringing... No, they're back. It's coming back. Carson. Yeah, Colson's back, too. Oh, Wonderful, magical. I think this is like me being like the '90s show watcher, where you have multiple shows that often have crossovers. You just really want it to happen, and for me, the magic happened. They teased for so long that the television show universe and the movie universes were supposed to. They did. They did. They did. 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 How they did it in. Well, that's that's where the Inhumans came from. So, actually, I have some thoughts about that. Okay, go for it. First of all, I think Peggy Carter. I don't know if it was ahead of its time. I mean, I think that um, it was. It was a. A lot of people loved that show. It was a great show. 
it was a period piece, which I think is an interesting yeah. kind of thing to try to, to, to make work. It's an expense, really expensive to do period pieces, like we were talking about in the time travel panel. I think it was, it was a complicated show that, uh, you know, I mean, most TV shows are lucky if they get two seasons um, like that. I don't know. I think that they, I definitely talked to some of the folks at Marvel about this because they tried really hard to have the, the TV shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Ian Peck and Agent Carter cross over with the movies. And I think that they, they, they kind of gave up because, I mean, if you watch the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you can tell that they're dragging their feet on the storyline because they're waiting for Captain America Winter Soldier to come out yep. and the next shooter to drop. And so they're just kind of standing around twiddling their thumbs waiting for this movie to come out so that they can actually have the reveal that they're building towards. They also try to do the same thing with, like, yeah, not really. Okay, so how many times did Luke Cage ever get asked to sign the Sokovia Accords? Yeah, good question. Like, well, like, like just like little stuff, like how they said they just prefer it. Uh, they prefer the um, the invasion of the uh, uh, this this the Shatari. Yeah, yeah, Shatari. I think I think as long as you keep it to just like vague references yeah. that you throw out, like, oh yeah, there was a movie that happened. And don't try to actually have any real crossover. Right. Like once you try to have real crossover, the the, the logistics of like the yeah, timing, the, the time scales of TV shows versus movies are so different yeah, that it's true. really really hard to have any kind of coordination. And the, the the movie people straight up just said we're not going to try to acknowledge anything happening in the TV shows. Like they pretty much said that in so many words. And Age of Ultron did have like a couple of things where they were like, oh, a helicarrier showed up at the end. And if you had been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you knew that that was something that Coulson had caused to happen. But if you were watching Age of Ultron and you hadn't been seeing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there was no way that you would know that that was a a thing that tied in with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of. I love how they sneak a helicarrier. Oh, wait. Oh, in the first one. In the first one, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's I love that. That's awesome. Do you guys think that that will make superhero films peak? Like, hubris by overcommitting films and TV intersections, things like that? I think that that's over. I think that they already tried yeah, it. Yeah, they tried it. It didn't work. They're, they're shelving it. And there was like a period where people were really into like cross-media, you know, collaborations. Like Sci-Fi did this show called Defiance, oh, which they spent like a hundred million dollars wow. trying to make the TV show and this MMO that they were creating, this video game. They were going to have them cross over, so if you did something in the video game, it might affect events on the TV show. And then they realized, oh, we're shooting the TV show months in advance, <laughs> and people are playing this game. There's no way that we can have stuff that happens in the game interact with the, the show. And basically they just they spent an ungodly amount of money to try and make this integration work that was never, ever going to work, I think. It was around the same time as that. In a tiny, tiny scale was when Cartoon Network did uh, there, they used to have this, um, this show called Toonami which was like oh, uh, yeah. a, a mashup <laughs> of the, the, it's just like a block of uh, like different shows mostly anime and like that kind of thing but the host was this robot named Tom robot. Yeah, <clears throat> they had this like one of the first like mini MMOs I guess you could say where Tom's ship was being invaded and you had the the people who watched the show would have to log on Tsunami's website and try and help Tom. Wow. And it lasted for like it was short, like I think this lasted like a month. <laughs> like 
it was just for like that period of time of you watching Toonami in between the cuts of the different television shows of this how everyone was progressing to hell Tom. Tom huh. died in the end. I think he got he got new body. But like No Tom. Yeah. That it's interesting. It wasn't a TV show that was being filmed in advance. It's just these little clips between right. existing TV shows. So like yeah. South Park, they could be a little more yeah. top on the fly. Yeah. They were doing yeah. the interstitials. Yeah. Interstitials are a heck of a lot easier to do. Yeah, and there was a lot shorter lead time. So yeah. Which is a question less about you know obviously superheroes and more about just like the limits of transmedia, mixed media, like these sorts of things and like genre, how that how that plays in and interplays, which I think's I think's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's cool. For sure. Um, anyone else have any questions? Any thoughts about? It was really complicated. It sounds like yeah. Lost. It sounds like it the was, Lost release. No, no, bit. it was more like um, the interesting part was the part where the spaceships crash into Earth and there's an apocalypse. Yeah. And there were like, I forget how many decades after this apocalypse and there's all these aliens running around Earth. The interesting part is the apocalypse, not the post apocalypse. The post apocalypse is just people living in towns with aliens. Like, so what? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they did they did a lot um, uh, you know defiance I think what will happen is down the road is somebody will take the defiance idea and actually do it better um, they did a lot of things in terms of um, uh, the social actually I'll give you another example it's a little off of comics although I heard rumor they're going to do one the Orville oh mm-hmm. Where they've done some stories which make people uncomfortable, but they're relevant. You know, the the one they they had one in which um, these two characters had a child, yes, and everybody on the planet's male. Don't ask biology. Yeah, and and they wanted their their child changed from female to male because there are no females on their planet. That, that she was an aberration. And you think that it's going to end up being, and they have this whole thing where they have the rousing speech and they, they prove that most of their their songs were created by a woman, not a man. They had this whole thing, but the parents still went ahead and, and, and changed the child's gender, you know? Which was not what people were expecting, and that's and I think that's something that that Defiance did is, is they did some stuff that was not expected in terms of the aliens. It got sloppy after a while, but the original setup was pretty good. Mm-hmm. No, no, the original Star Trek series did the same thing in its day <laughs> because people were obviously less enlightened than they are now. Mm-hmm. Just mixing races on the bridge was enough to you know shake people. And, yeah. and, and having a romance between mixed races was enough. And there were a lot of things that we take for granted today mm. because society has changed. But we need these shows. And well, and we need, we need these movies and we need these characters because the world is never static. The world is always changing. Entertainment is always changing. What is entertainment is changing. Um, you know, you, you look back at 
shows that were the, the superhero shows of like the 60s and the 70s or, or even the, the, the um, my husband and I recently rewatched the which is one of the best movie serials I think ever made which was the Captain Marvel serial um, if you haven't seen it you can find it it's really really good it was one of probably it is considered one of the best movie serials ever done hmm. any genre um, and it's uh, and, but again it it pushed the envelope as far as it could, but it never quite broke the envelope uh, in terms of, of uh, uh, comments and all the rest. And yeah, there's some pretty racist stuff in there that's kind of going, ooh, ow. But at the time, you know, it was considered normal. That's not normal. So, you know, if you look at these older shows, do you look at them in their historical context? Or do you try to put current social mores upon something that was done 50, 60 years ago? You know, it's funny too. Kept all these last Doctor Who episodes, the Christmas episode, mm -hmm. that at the end he regenerates. Given that he's teamed up with the first Doctor and he's constantly telling him, you can't say that, you can't say that. <laughs> kind of touched on that basis of how things have changed between then, the one time and the other time. Well, and you also, Kathleen, you also hinted on, you touched just for a second there on how, with the times, the medium changes too, which is kind of what the conversation circled around to. Charlie Jane mentioned that. And I wonder if we take out uh, Superhero and just ask the question, have we hit peak cinema? No. <laughs> with, with, with Superhero out of it. And, and it, you know, how will, how will cinema per se change with the time? And, and how has it evolved? I mean, even if you think of uh, Avatar being made specifically for these 3D glasses, I'm, I'm interested to see how even that will change with well, the times and how that might affect the genre. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of cinemas are now trying to make it so you're as comfortable as you would be in your living room. Right. You know, they right. have Barco loungers They now. have, like, little chairs. They have, yes. you know, people bring their food. Right, right, right. Um, I saw Avengers Alamo at Alamo Draft House yeah. for a brunch. 8 a.m. brunch. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's if really you're ever down in Jacksonville, um, I'm going to put a plug in for uh, my stepdaughter's uh, cinema, Sunray Cinema. It's down in the Art District. Uh, best pizza in town. Mm. Wow. Uh, but but they but they have you know they have kind of the older seats and all the rest. But people go there kind of for the food and the fact that they have. Um, there's a brew pub down the road that, that actually makes beer specific to movies. Oh, fun. <laughs> so you know they they had they had uh, they had a, a, a Ragnar I'm not Asgardian ale, <laughs> you know, which they which they when anytime they do an Avengers film they can do another batch of it because you know they're just down the road right. and have it ready in time for, for that. <laughs> and that's something that cinema has been doing is is, is is like okay you can you can see it on your big screen in your room yeah but you know, extra perks if you come to yeah, the theater. Yeah, if you come to the theater, we'll make it as comfortable for you as sitting at home, and for some of you, more comfortable. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I don't have a couch anymore living in New York, so it's got. I've got it. They have them recliners. I don't have a recliner at home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> the, the danger in that is if you're tired at all, you're you might not see the yeah. rest of the film. No, that's true. That's why you drink. <laughs> Not during the Avengers, you don't. What these movie houses and certain people should do is have um, every hour an intermission so that you can keep drinking beer with, 
Yeah, especially with three hours. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't want to be in that parking lot when that movie lets out. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, we've got about ten minutes, guys. Any any thoughts? You had a question, Brandon? Yeah, a question for the panel. Do we think cinema needs to evolve? I know they evolved by adding more commercials to create more revenue. Sure. Now we're in the commercials. No, we're the DVR society. We're not going to watch commercials. Do you think that might ever decline again? I know some movie theaters are showing a lot less of the people movies. I don't know if it's a chain thing or not. But well, Regal Cinema... Uh, out on Long Island is definitely putting, you know, more movies, more more things in there. Um, my objection came to where I had, we were having, you know, we're seeing the previews, which used to take, what, five minutes? Uh-huh. And now takes uh, no. 20 minutes. Wow. I saw, half, before I saw Captain Marvel, half an hour of previews. Oh, no, yeah. No, no, I got to the theater wow. 20 minutes late. I thought I was going to miss the beginning of the movie. I said, oh, there's one trailer finishing. Okay, now movie. Three more trailers. Yeah, yeah. And that's sort of how, between between that. Yeah. Well, the other thing, the other thing is, is in the middle of the trailers, there was a Ford commercial. In the middle of the trailers, there was a Ford commercial. And I was like, oh, come on! You know? The reason I come to the movies is because I can ignore... All the stuff you're doing beforehand. This trailer rated PG for scenes of off-roading. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was it was a tie-in to might have been Bumblebee. It was a tie-in. Oh, to, sure. Yeah. 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 And and that, that's where that's something that's peaked. I am so tired of of big machine crashes. No, of of you Product see a commercial like the Black Panther thing that was the car. Right. It was all about the car. It was all about the car. Or 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 um. A serial tie-in. I mean, we used to have tie-ins and all the rest. Now they're they're like commercials that look like they might be trailers for the film, but they're really selling water, cars, chips, you know, Dunkin' Donuts. Um, also, we went to see the Spider Verse, and all the pre- the promos ahead of time were really stupid. And it's like, oh, this is a kids movie. The mm-hmm. Spider Verse spans a lot of Spider Man's history. Somebody who read yeah. it in the '60s, I was delighted with it. I thought it was great showing all these yeah. different Spider people. And that's what they showed us for the things you want to see. None of them were interesting. They're all like, these are really weird yeah. now and stupid. Yeah, it's almost belittling in a way. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's who you think we are? You're I honest. mean, I'm curious as to what's going to happen as China's movie industry uh, matures. They've, mm-hmm. had, they've really only in the last couple of years had films that were as, as huge and as successful as, as American films. Um, I think Wolf Warriors 2 made an ungodly amount of money. Uh, Wandering Earth made an ungodly amount of money. Um, Detective Chinatown. They've had a handful of films just in the last like couple of years that have been kind of big enough and successful enough and on a par in terms of special effects and everything to compete well, with Hollywood films. A lot, and, of, a lot of Americans have moved uh, it's like the Uselands have an entire company that is associated with, with China. There are a <laughs> lot of filmmakers and producers that now have co have studios in China right. making films that are done in both both you know Chinese and English for the Chinese audience and the and the um, American audience. Um, wow. You know, we it's like um, uh, Peter created a character called Fallen Angel. Right, that's create her own character. 
I mean, what I was going to say is, um, right now, I think just in the last like five, ten years, Hollywood has gotten to a point where a lot of movies are only successful because of China. Like China yeah. is yeah. become. I think China is now on pace to become the biggest movie market in the world. The U.S. is no longer the most important movie market. Well, that um, Well, and that's also true. This is why Deadpool was yeah. Deadpool Two was released in two different versions. Yeah. Uh, there was the there really? was the America. Yeah, and uh, um, there have also been films that version. were just cut for Chinese consumption. Yeah. But Once Upon a Time in Deadpool was their attempt to create a version that could be released in China. Wow. Um, and so. Yeah, I mean that that's does. I mean. I'm sure that will happen. That does happen. That already happens. Sure. But I think that you know, if China's movie th- industry gets to the point where they're successful enough in, in their own movies, or are, are they have enough big temple movies of their own, they may just turn around and say, "Yeah, we don't, we don't need the next Avengers movie. Thanks. No, we don't need that. You can, you can keep that. You yeah. Know. And well, that that would probably be peak superhero cinema, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've got yeah, but you've, you've also you've also got the entire Bollywood industry, yeah, right? which is which is not not as imported into the United States as it really should be. Yes. Yeah, no, sure. Yeah, stuff is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're also changing in terms of their social mores. No, it's also showing a change in society. Yeah. You know. And that's sort of and and I just if we keep picking at China yeah. Eventually, you know, things will things will sort themselves out because people find a way. If they want to see something, people find a way. That's true. You mentioned we talking about Bollywood that way. I always I always felt bad in, in Zoolander when they had the breakdance fight and it was kind of mocking it. I actually always wanted to see a real and I think if someone was going to do it, Bollywood would be the one to make like an actual dance fight scene be like beautiful, fabulous, and and really well choreographed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. Dance, break, breakout dance, yeah. Yeah, I think it could be well, fun. Well, we also had the, the Sharks versus the Jets. I mean, West Side Story. Yeah, well, that's sure. the original one. Yeah, I yield to that, sure. I can see. You're from Lee. He's like, I'm a gangster. What are you doing? Man. Yeah, more, more Broadway. That's awesome. Any other last comments, guys? More superhero movies. More superhero movies? More superhero movies. You know, um, take a look around and, you know, because there, there is, we're, we're not peaked, but we are saturated. Mm-hmm. If you like something, if you like, you know, uh, a movie or something like that, promote it. Get other, especially the obscure stuff. Get other people, other people to to see it or even give it a thought. We mm. we all have a power that we didn't have even ten years ago, in terms of being able to put your opinion online and other people will look at it. So, 
you know, in some ways, we we who who read the comics and um, you know and and did all these all these things, you know, Star Wars fans, Star Trek fans, all the rest. I mean, we've won. Everybody's on our side now. Everybody goes and sees the movies and all the rest. You know, and, yeah. And so and so and so since we won since we won that fight, why don't we use our power now to go in another fight? That's good. That's good. There's a scene I want to see in the game. Uh oh. Not the not the no shit Sherlock scene. Yeah, yeah. They said they were never going to do that because it was low hanging fruit, especially now since Martin Freeman's late. Because Jude Law's in there too. So yeah. now you got Jude Law, you've got Martin Friedman, you've got Robert Downey Jr., and you got Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Um, I mean, I think that. Um, what was I going to say? I think, I mean, everybody, so everybody was trying to copy Marvel's shared universe for a while. DC was trying to copy it. Universal was trying to do a shared oh, movie yeah. universe of, oh, of, 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 of Universal movie, movie Monster. monsters. Yeah. yeah. Um, Transformers was trying to do a Transformers shared universe. Um, yeah. There, were, there, have been, there were many, many, many failed attempts. And Spider-Man was trying to do a Spider-Man shared universe that was just going to be Spider-Man. Um, there were many failed attempts at doing shared universes, and um, the only successful one other than Marvel was The Conjuring, weirdly enough. <laughs> Conjuring is a really successful shared universe, because you've got The I Conjuring, you've got Annabelle, you've got The Nun, you've yeah. got really? The Curse of La yeah. Llorona, you've got yeah, like all these movies all these that are kind movies. of... Oh, like, I want to see those now. Yeah, wow. so that's the only yeah. other successful shared universe besides Marvel. I, I would not be surprised if Marvel's shared universe actually starts to go into a decline after Avengers Endgame because they'll just they might hit the the, the law of diminishing returns. Yeah. People yeah. may just not care about I just another can't keep big up. Yeah. like they may just you know, Marvel may have but to Marvel, move but Marvel, I don't think Marvel's thinking I, I think Marvel's thinking uh, in terms of Oh, I can't talk about that. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> ask me later. Okay, I will ask well, you later. Ask. Movies have been escalating that there's like, every time they do it, they have to have more things blow up and violence and exploding. Yeah. There's less story, which yeah. annoys me because I do like a yeah. story. But story so is good every now and then. Yeah. And there's a time limit with characters too, you know. There's only so many characters you can fit into a thing. But I think um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with a kind of a quote to kind of bracket where we started. Um, uh, Patrick Rothfuss rescued a quote that was kind of obscure and in the onion and we didn't have it was back when the onion was published only on paper in the 90s so we didn't have access to this it was an interview with Terry Pratchett the late Terry Pratchett and he was asked a question why do you write fantasy isn't that a ghetto which is I think I think it's in, a, in terms of the question is kind of ideologically parallel why you know when a superhero movie is going to peak why do you write fantasy isn't it a ghetto and the late terry pratchett said without a shadow of a doubt the first fiction ever recounted was fantasy guys sitting around the campfire telling each other stories about the gods who made lightning and stuff like that they didn't tell one another literary stories they didn't complain about the difficulties of male menopause while being a junior lecturer on some midwestern college campus Fantasy is without a shadow of doubt the Ur literature, the spring from which all other literature has flown. Up to a few hundred years ago, no one would have disagreed with this because most stories were, in some sense, fantasy. Back in the Middle Ages, people wouldn't have thought twice about bringing in death as a character who would have a role to play in the story. Echoes of this can be seen in Pilgrim's Progress, for example, which hark back to the much earlier type of storytelling. The Epic of Gilgamesh is one of the earliest works of literature, and by that standard we apply now, big muscular guy with swords and certain godlike connections. 
That's fantasy. The national literature of Finland, the Kalevala, Beowulf in Indo, and I cannot pronounce Bhagavad Gita. But, thank you. But the Indian one, you know what I mean. The national literature, the one that underpins everything else, is by the standards that we apply now, a work of fantasy. Now, I don't know what you consider the national literature of America, but if the words Moby Dick are entering, inching their way towards this conversation, whatever else it was, it was also a work of fantasy. <laughs> fantasy is a kind of plasma in which other things are carried. I don't think it's a ghetto. This is, fantasy is, almost the sea in which other genres swim. Now it may be that there has developed in the last couple hundred years a subset of fantasy which merely uses a different iconography, and that is, if you like, the serious literature of the Booker Prize contender. Fantasy can be serious literature. Fantasy has often been serious literature. You have to be fairly dense to think that Gulliver's Travels is only a story about a guy having a real fun time among big people and little people and horses. <laughs> what the book was about was something else. Fantasy can carry quite a serious burden, and so does humor. So what you're saying is strip away all the trolls and dwarves and things and put everyone in modern dress, get them to agonize a bit, mention Virginia Woolf a few times, and there, <laughs> hey, I've got a serious novel. Uh, I think that applies also to superhero. And I'm, I'm, I just give the hand, uh, hand to the panelists because they were excellent. Sorry to be kind of No, it's great. Huh? I said sorry, I was kind of argumentative. No, it's fine. Oh. I get that way on panels sometimes. Oh my god, that's amazing.